Hello, creeps. Welcome to the Horror Vanguard. I'll be your ghost. I mean host for today's exciting tale of terror. How relatable is Psycho Gorman as a character? <laughs> Hello everyone, producer Ash here. Not quite sure what happened in today's episode, but it sounds like I'm recording inside of an oil drum. It's a good episode, I think, so uh, please bear with the audio. Thank you. <laughs> why Why are you German? <laughs> why? I don't know, John. I really don't know what's going on with my brain lately. <laughs> Hello. It's all Irish folk music and German ambient conversation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Horror Vanguard. <laughs> we're here. We're here to rot your brain from the core out. It's going to be such a lovely day. It's It's going to be just so much fun. Um... This is a quick little bonus episode. Uh, I am John, joined, as always, by my co-ghost, Ash. How are you? I'm doing great. Pretty great, actually. But before we jump into what we want to talk about today, first, just a quick update from our sponsors. This program was made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Go to patreon.com slash horrorvanguard and get access to bonus episodes and other exclusive content. Thank you. You'll forgive me if I don't stay around to watch. I just can't cope with freaky stuff. That's probably enough. That's, <laughs> we, that is ample time. That's we ample time. Uh, we are talking about the... Uh, Honestly, I think I think a film that went went insanely viral when the uh, trailer for it dropped. We are talking about uh, Psycho Gorman, uh, which which sure was a movie that we watched. Uh, what, what what did you think, Cash? <laughs> um. Well, I think uh, Psycho Roger Corman is a very good movie. <laughs> uh, in terms of like, so I'm of two minds about this film. Um, I, I am absolutely in love with all of the stuff involving the paladins and Psycho Gorman and like the bio cop and the brain monster and like all of that is incredible, amazing and perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the stuff with like Mimi and Luke and the family just kind of we'll, we'll, we'll get into this in a second, but maybe didn't work quite as well for me. But at least from where I'm coming from, like the the psycho gorman stuff more than enough makes up for it for a fun ride i i completely agree if you haven't seen it it is um i described it as a uh trauma movie crossed with an abc family sitcom um. <laughs> and i think in, independent of that i when i first watched this i tweeted something like this is if trauma did power rangers and also hated colonialism <laughs> And I, I honestly think that together, both of those points tell you everything you need to know about this film. <laughs> um, and I completely agree. Right off the bat, what, what, before we get into the, maybe uh, a little bit of discourse and maybe some of the things we weren't kind of wild about, do you want to talk about just just the fact that this is a, there's a lot in this film that we both really, really like. Uh, if you like 80s creature features, if you like practical effects, 
if you like a ridiculous level of 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 camp gore that is basically a cartoon uh you will find lots to love in psycho gorman i mean this is this is completely true if if you want creature features if you want something that is like they they skewer the power rangers stuff so well in this like like the that that is very specific era of like Power Rangers and Beetleborgs and like all of those incredibly similar programs, mm-hmm. so absolutely nailed by Psycho Gorman, and like I, I think like this does nostalgia right, right. Oh, this yeah. is a way for for me to reminisce about my childhood spent uh, studying the ways of the Beetleborgs <laughs> in a way that's not like like I remember what was it twenty thirteen when the Power Rangers reboot came out. Mm-hmm. If I'm remembering correctly, might have the year wrong there. Not going to look it up because it's the Power Rangers reboot and it's not worth it. <laughs> but like, it was like dark and gritty and miserable, and like I was like, oh, it's just it feels sour, you know. But this, but this is like actually a great send up of of all of this nostalgia that still puts a smart twist on top of it. Yeah, absolutely. I I I was I was texting you whilst I was watching this movie. And I think I said at one point, if I had seen this for the first time when I was 14, I would think this is the coolest fucking movie in the world. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, 100% got that energy. <laughs> it is very much mom isn't going to stop me from watching Psycho Gorman again. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the practical effects are, are, are great. There is there is some deliberately kind of retro editing and special effects which are really fun, um, like all of the kind of monster stuff. I think both of us really really like. There is a, but oh, yeah. but it's it's time. Oh, what's what's that? It's the why? That's the it's time to qualify the praise alarm. Um, <laughs> I think I said. To oh, you we that we, I, we heard the sound of people enjoying things <laughs> off in the distance, and it's time to not let them do that. No, no, we 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 don't believe in doing that on this show. Um, I think I said to you after I finished watching it, I was like, I I really want to like this more than I do, but there's there's a quite a bit of this that doesn't quite work, and I think it's important to kind of dig in and sort of try and tease out why. Yeah, and in order to do that, I think we need to talk about uh, Mimi's character. Uh, Mimi. Which was uh, played by uh, by an actress named Nita Hanna. Um, I I mean, I felt like the acting on Mimi was incredibly good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, um, Both of the the child actors in this uh, bang-up job, very well done. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, I think there's there's some character issues with how Mimi contrasts with Psycho Gorman for me. Um I don't know, do you do you, do you want to start? It might be it might be worth kind of just contextualizing this just a little bit, right? Cuz I I think your your point your take on this is really good and actually I hadn't thought about all of the parallels between Psycho Gorman and uh, uh Mimi until you pointed this out to me. Um so <coughs> so, so 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 mate maybe, maybe Maybe you can you can start by <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> keep that in keep that in. <laughs> no, I'm gonna leave. Yeah, I just I just died and then uh, was was brought back by this giant purple dripping uh, uh, befangled monster man. So uh, everything is better now. Although I'm also a giant brain. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can start by kind of like contextualizing the two of them and and how they are kind of similar and where where I think the issues that we we, we think there are in structure and script start to come in. Yeah, so uh... So Psycho Gorman is a Power Rangers bad guy. He, he's he's a big evil purple monster bent on destroying the universe. Uh, because right? because that's what you do if you're a yeah. giant purple monster. He's he's Thanos. He's Dark Side. He's all of these giant purple monsters who want to destroy the universe. He's Ivan Ooze. It's just like every every baddie from a kids TV show, right? Um, however, he has like a character arc and a lot of heart underneath all of the jokes and him being a kind of uh, space tyrant. So like in, we, we learned that he kind of like, he is, his entire planet was enslaved by, uh, this group of space Catholics known as the Paladins. <laughs> uh, Paladins out of Gygax. <laughs> <laughs> but like. Yeah, and so like one one day when he's like like working in the mines so that they can build their temples, which is just like very on the nose uh, allegories here, but I loved it. I loved that stuff so much. And this is like my main critique is I just want more um, psycho psycho Roger Corman and versus Paladins and the the Paladins of Sidious, and I want more of all of that stuff. Yes, absolutely. That stuff was so perfect. Anyway, uh, like he stumbles upon a magic crystal that gives him like infinite superpowers, uh, and then and then he becomes a space tyrant as a way to get revenge on the paladins until they imprison him on Earth. Uh, Mimi is like a ten-year-old girl uh, who mirrors Psycho Gorman a lot, right? She's also a tyrant, right? She's mean to both of her parents. She's mean. She's a bully to her brother. Uh, she's kind of just mean to everybody. Um, so there's there's like this character parallel there, right? And it's it's pretty funny, you know. Obviously, we've got a a, a little girl who's kind of a bully and a, a literal intergalactic tyrant. Um, but like it, for me, this starts to break down when like we get a lot of heart for Psycho Gorman, right? We we kind of learn why why he is the way he is, you know, and like doesn't justify him being an intergalactic space monster, but like we we sympathize, right? We never really get that from Mimi. Mimi's just always been mean, and and so it's hard to to come around to that. And then, like through the course of the movie, right, like Psycho Gorman learns how to apologize uh, for for being mean, and he learns the value of love, and like you know, he he grows as a character in, in an interesting way. Uh, Mimi doesn't, and and so like our anchor into the human side of things is Mimi, and like. We're we're missing a lot of uh, character stuff right there. Yeah, I mean she's she's uh, portrayed as the point as the POV character for the audience, right? Um, like they they have the protagonist antagonist relationship. We spend the most time with Mimi, uh, and and Mimi is just awful to everyone for n- no real reason other than she she can be. Um, and and there's there's one scene which is actually kind of uh, towards the end, which is where Mimi and her brother are, are fighting, and she is straight up about to murder this kid. <laughs> She's yeah. straight, uh, and before she has the kind of moment of realization that maybe things have gone too far. But 
the way that it's portrayed is like any kind of comedic oh it's like brothers and sisters they all they never get along any kind of comedic undertones just vanish and it's like she is about to kill this person yeah yeah and i and i mean like they're playing the movie plays it as a joke but at least for me it didn't read right it, it read it read as mimi was literally a monster and, and and like they set this up at the beginning of the movie right yeah uh uh luke uh mimi's brother and the victim of all this bullying is being tucked in by his parents uh, who are also mimi's parents and and he's like, oh, are monsters real? And like, of course, dad is like, oh, well, son, the only real monsters are people, mm-hmm. you know. And like, during during that conflict where he's about to get his head bashed in by his little sister, like, uh, uh, he he drops that line. He's like, dad was right. People are the real monsters. And like, that that should be the point where Mimi apologizes and comes around, but like. Whereas Psycho Gorman gave a heartfelt apology, at least insofar as a purple space monster can do such things, <laughs> uh, Mimi uh, puts a huge caveat on her apology, where she's like, "I'm not going to say this out loud because I don't want to say it," and she like taps it in Morse code or something. And like the movie wants that moment to be the point where everything turns around and our, our characters have have growth, but it, it plays as hollow. Yeah, absolutely, and. Yeah. And I, I said that this is a cross between a trauma film and an ABC family show. Um, and if it's a trauma film, it's it's one of the ones which is kind of funny and satirical and self-aware. And if it's an ABC family show, it's one that gets canceled after one season. <laughs> like, like I, That is harsh but accurate. <laughs> because, because my big problem with it is, like, not only does Mimi not grow and develop, is that truthfully a lot of like the family shtick and the the sitcommy bits don't really work and quite a lot of the time the joke is uh uh, we don't know what we're doing there's like there's like um, a scene where where mimi's brother um is having a having a nightmare that uh luke is having this nightmare this dream he's in the nightmare frontier um <laughs> that that psycho gorman appears in and they have a conversation and then luke goes well what now and the response is well we wait for your dream to end and they hold it for a beat because you're supposed to laugh and like that's a joke they go to a lot um and all the stuff where it's like you know space aliens in rubber suits fighting is a mate is is actually really fun all the stuff where it's like we could do with like really good jokes in here to keep things snappy and pacey. Uh, it doesn't really work. And you're like, can we get back to the fun bit of this film? Yeah, I kept, I kept like in my head, I was kind of comparing this to there's a, there's a short movie. Um, it's, it's on YouTube in addition to a bunch of other places called Kung Fury. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a 30 minute long send up of like 80s action and kung fu movies. And it's got like dinosaur characters and giant Viking gods. And like they beat the crap out of Hitler and a bunch of Nazis, which is great. Mm. Um, but it's it's short, which allows it to only be the good parts. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, I, and I kept thinking of like a super cut where it's just like mostly the psycho Gorman side of this movie. Um, and then like the kids are like, you're like the Cheddar Goblin commercial was also something I was thinking about. Like that is that's mostly about the Cheddar Goblin. And and that weird like like commercial and the kids are just kind of in the background. Yeah, you know they're they're the props for the Cheddar Goblin, and I'm like, okay, like the kids should have been the props for the Psycho Gorman and the Paladins and all of that. Yeah, I mean, even when they do put in like actual uh, 
joke jokes. The, the, its problem is, like this is like this is going to sound a little bit weird, but the problem is, it's like a lot of it seems to be like they're hoping this is going to become like a reaction meme that people use rather than being an actual good joke. Yeah, so, so and like like a lot of the jokes that really worked for me were the, the stuff that has more to do with Psycho Gorman. Yeah, totally. Like totally. I was I was dying when he transformed the cop into the zombie. Uh, when the when he when he turned the little boy into the brain monster was great, just incredibly great. hilarious. Loved, loved everything about that. I I also loved the little background joke of the zombie cop trying to shoot himself in the head uh, yeah. over and over again. I thought that was that was both really dark and actually really funny. And a lot of like uh, Psycho Gorman's one-liners, I, I I really like too. Like like his constant like I'm gonna kill you, like I was I like that stuff. It was really good. But yeah, no, I I totally agree. When we're in the more when we're trying to do the human element in this story, it's like it's under it's underdone. It, it, it needed a, like another pass, I think. Yeah, totally. Um, I and especially. I, uh... Oh, go on. I find myself going. Can we get back to the 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 genocidal space monster? Because I find him more relatable, <laughs> right? <laughs> and like, I think some of that works for me. Um, but because I love the I love the ending of this movie for Psycho Gorman, right? Yes. So, so like at the yes. end of the movie, he he defeats the Paladin, and then he realizes that he doesn't need the power crystal to destroy the galaxy. Because true power comes from love. So he's going to destroy the galaxy with love. So he walks through like a, a magic portal to go into like another part of the United States and start blowing it up with the power of love. <laughs> that which, is amazing. Which is, a, which, is a, which is a great gag. Which is a great gag. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved that. Um, do, you, do you want to talk about colonialism? Um, yes, we should talk about colonialism because we actually find out uh psycho gorman's origin story um which is uh uh from from the planet gygax i i think i'm i'm guessing named after the late great gary gygax oh it all has right. to be there's nothing else that <laughs> yeah, but r.i.p uh <laughs> to rest in peace to a legend um uh and which is enslaved by by the paladins basically uh religious space cops is is the best way i can describe them uh who enslave mm -hmm. enslave the population and um force them to excavate the earth in order to dig uh dig out uh space for great paladin temples where where they can continue to indoctrinate the 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 indigenous peoples of gygax uh psycho gorman finds the the macguffin crystal uh the 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 plot emerald uh, um which gives him the power to kind of take revenge uh so it the message of this film is of anything is that there are always consequences to the violent enslavement of another people and uh paladins out of gygax <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I thought i thought that was like a really interesting because you can't help but feel the the, the catholic parallels of the paladins Mm. right like they're, they're, there's something that's very catholic about their energy right like the the, the giant statues the very like orderly nature of it all mm -hmm. these, are, these aren't protestant space knights um and i thought that that had like that was in and of itself an incredibly interesting layer for making your evil space cops have that aesthetic um and it also plays into this history of like the space marines and space fascism 
uh, which I, I thought was was really, really interesting and really compelling. Like that stuff is like deeply, deeply, deeply intriguing um, re- restorative justice uh, for the people of Gygax is where I'm going with this. Uh, yes, absolutely. And, you know, taking that, we can actually, we can actually sort of revisit the ending. Uh, destroy, dis- is there a difference? Is there a qualitative difference between destroying the universe with love and destroying the universe with violent, with the violence and, and, and enslavement that has been visited upon you and your people? Because I think maybe there is. Uh, it will be a destruction of a of a universe that is is imperialistic and colonialistic, uh, and maybe could be something better. I mean, it won't be because this is a, a movie about a, a space monster that wants to literally do a genocide on everything. Um, but <laughs> but it chimes with the themes that you were pointing out in that in that um, backstory. Yeah, yeah, I think like. And a lot of the tension too comes from like the 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 complete and total absence of community in this one. You know, like there's a lot of interesting political drama that is kind of like undergirded by the failures of individualism, uh, uh, because you have so what what initially happens for uh, Psycho Gorman is is that uh, he forms like an elite cadre of other people, presumably from Gygax, a little unclear who defeat the paladins, right? Uh, but then uh, Psycho Gorman emerges as, like, their sole leader who sends them on an intergalactic, like, crusade of destruction. You know, so he he immediately undermines his initial political project for his own individualistic go- goals. And then, like, that parallels pretty interestingly with the entire family unit because they're all kind of, like, besides the mom... Right, I think like a lot of the mom's motivations comes from like wanting to make the family work, which that's its own discourse right there. But like the, the dad is just incredibly individualistic. Uh, Mimi is incredibly individualistic, um, and and like that that kind of like sets up a lot of like the failure that goes on. Everybody is like incredibly individualistically motivated, and there's not a lot of like communal sense going through the film. Which I think that's that's an interesting driver, an interesting thing to make the driver for a lot of attention. And that's a that's a really good point, actually, which I hadn't thought about. And it is really notable that when the when the the, the rest of the Power Rangers villains show up, you know, when when Psycho Gorman's squad uh, rolls up, they immediately turn on him. Uh, and that scene is pretty pretty awful because the the MacGuffin crystal the the, the plot gem um, allows Mimi to control Psycho Gorman, and she essentially watches him get beaten to death until he apologizes in a way that she's happy with. Uh, and that's like a that's like a big kind of plot moment in in the entire structure of the story. Um, so yeah, I I completely agree. I hadn't thought about it that way before. Yeah. <laughs> uh we could we could also talk about we could also talk about the dynamics of the family. We could also talk about the fact that uh the the dad is is just completely useless. Um but again, this is where the the scripts and structure kind of fall back into the, like the worst elements of like sitcom writing where it's like 
the, the parents of Luke and Mimi have nothing in common and don't seem particularly that invested in one another. Um, Greg and Susan. Um, Susan gets turned into a paladin at one point, and then at the end of the film, uh, she's turned back into a human, and they uh, decide to stay together for, for, for no real reason, because she's like, she was literally uh, about to be like a, an ass-kicking space warrior, and he is completely useless, but... That's what marriage means. <laughs> so I think a lot of that, a lot of these elements that we're talking about are Chekhov gun misfires. Yeah, completely. So, so th- these are, these are things that were set up earlier in the movie that should have paid off at the end, but instead of paying off, they're just referenced back to you. They're, they're callbacks instead of payoffs. Yeah. yeah. And like, like, again, like, like to, because this, this clearly wants to be in dialogue with trauma. Oh, right, like, completely. Like, uh, Tromeo and Juliet, all the Toxic Avenger movies, like all, all of that stuff. The, the plots and the character work are like very, very, very solid, very direct, very simple. Because we're in a world that's just like a giant mess all the time. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, the, that's a clever choice to kind of get around the complexity of some of these issues. Um, but this was also making me think about like, I think my favorite send up to like sitcom TV is too many cooks. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. I was thinking about that here too. Like how too many cooks skewers and parodies, the formulaic nature of the sitcom by making it in and of itself, the prison of eternal recurrence, you know, and, and how well it handles it. Whereas cycle Gorman I think it's those those the, the sitcom elements specifically feel almost more referential than intentional. Yes, it's a like, hey, remember the thing, <laughs> rather rather than here is like here is like a setup and payoff and subversion of the thing that we're explicitly referencing. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that's a that's a pretty accurate summation of it. Oh, but even I, with all that said, like I would, I would still go back and and watch this again just for more of that Psycho Gorman stuff. Uh, can I ask, uh, aside from Psycho Gorman, who was your favorite space monster? I don't know if this space monster had a name, um, but it was the giant bucket of human gore that <laughs> yes. just shoots goo. <laughs> yes, that was my favorite too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there was a name for that one, but that I like when I saw the other monsters, I was like. Ah, oh, yeah, he's a robot man. Ah, oh, he's kind of a zombie dude. And then there was a giant bucket of human gore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like who, who, just, who just shoots red corn syrup everywhere. <laughs> right? And, and like that stuff. And th- this movie is like so masterfully creative uh, with, with the costuming and the makeup and, and just the vision of the world of Psycho Gorman is just so refreshingly creative. I I would like a a regular series, a regular TV show of half an hour space adventures of Psycho Gorman traveling around destroying the universe with love. <laughs> I think. Oh my god, that would be just so good. <laughs> I would watch the hell out of that. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that was good. And like all the all the effects during the fight scenes too, even like the the real cheesy ones. I think like by making them so intentionally cheesy, they just worked incredibly well. Yeah. Um, as far as that stuff goes, like this this movie is just incredible, bordering on brilliant, 
uh, with Psycho Gorman and the other monsters and the effects around that and how that world is set up. Mm-hmm. Like I love, I love uh, when Psycho Gorman starts telling his tales of yep. battle and conquest, and then like we we get this brief cut into this epic dark fantasy splatter universe, and then these children are like, oh yeah, that's kind of boring, dude. Like, yeah, <laughs> that, that that stuff was I I loved that stuff. Uh, it, so it turns out if you make a a, um, a film featuring a uh, a gigantic magic powered space monster who wants to destroy all of existence and an annoying child, people are going to relate <laughs> more to the space monster. I'm sorry. And maybe maybe that's just us giving our weird proclivities on this show, uh, <laughs> identifying with the weird giant space monsters and the thing that's just a bucket of human gore. <laughs> I guess I guess like okay let's do like let's do like some like uh fourth dimensional meta criticism. What does it say about us as film critics that we identify more quickly with a sentient bucket of human gore than we do two normal earth children? <laughs> well, well, here here's here's my here's my wild card take on that, which Ooh, is that be, because of its commitment to the uh structures and speech patterns and semantics of the sitcom formula those two children are the most non-human entities in this entire film and actually yes. the you know there's more heart in the the bucket of goo the bucket of gore that shoots red goo over everything than those two children because that is not really how people act and behave and talk they're, they're types and they prove to be ultimately hollow whilst those rubber-suited space monsters prove to be all too real. Thanks for tuning in, creeps. And remember, stay spooky. <laughs> the episode ends with you saying that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop recording now. <laughs>